1: Stop that. Tower number three. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Praden, Jonathan, and Bill George in the studio today, jury Saturday morning. Uh, it should be clearing out by uh, tomorrow, and so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday will be pretty nice if you plan on doing some stuff on uh, Sunday at the church. It'll all be good. Hey, I uh, got a uh, got a uh, message on Facebook from a old buddy of mine, uh, Walter Marine Corps Mills, who... Uh, Worked here at the radio station for about 100 years and then uh, trips off to the west coast of uh, the country out there. uh, Not in California, but went to Oregon. And uh, he's living out there uh, in the moisture-rich environment of Oregon.
2: They're trying to catch up with California. And
1: uh, he sent me a uh, message saying that this is his first year. He put in for a deer tag uh, to hopefully get out and shoot some uh, black-tailed deer. He said they're everywhere. They're all in my yard and I want to go out and use a bow. Don't know don't want don't know what to get and don't want to spend a million bucks though. So uh if, his, him,
3: if his budget is a million, I think we don't could want have, to
1: spend a million dollars.
3: Yeah, but I'm just saying if it, if we got nine hundred thousand for a bow, <laughs> I think we could get them covered.
1: A titanium bow with a I think it gold have, spun string. I think it could have Rambo
2: broadheads. What do you want?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I told him to call the show, and uh, you'd probably have some good suggestions for him.
2: Well, and it all depends. Uh, you know, he could go. I don't know exactly what their rules are with crossbows, but, I mean, you've got that option also. So. Speaking of
1: crossbows, don't you have a rant to get to today about crossbows? Uh,
2: I'm dear. I'm waiting for the fearless leader to point me in the right direction.
1: Well, then now would be as good a time as any. We all have our pants on, so let's go.
2: Well, nah, it's I. <laughs> I shared an article, so... One of my biggest gripes. (laughs) Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Start your tape
1: recorders now.
2: Yeah, well, Braden,
3: just let's all just stand back and. Well, no, one of my biggest
2: gripes. So I shared it on my Facebook page, and I told Bill, and I've told you, one of the things I want to start doing. uh, I follow the people like Sportsman's Alliance, and you know, just on and on and on, and I have a lot of friends in the industry. Well, one person I know shared an article that was wrote by Field and Stream that talks about crossbows and the negative effects that they're having on archery. Well, my rant, I guess you could say, is basically they approached it from a standpoint of the shop owners that it's, it's hurting the archery industry. My biggest gripe is why is a, a magazine like Field & String that is a publication that is supposed to be for outdoors men and women basically in my opinion fanning a fire that it's just more division and more stuff that's trying to tear hunters apart versus everybody just shutting up and going out in the woods and enjoying your outdoor experience how you want to as long as it's legal and ethically done So, why is there this big, again, we're going back to an argument that we've had ever since I've had Arrowhead about crossbows versus bows? And I can give you case in point. I can give you with Mr. Mills. You got a guy in a situation, wants to get into archery. I've seen this story a million times. Experienced it a million times. A guy comes in, doesn't have the time, hasn't had the practice time or just doesn't have the time period to become proficient with a bow. I was talking to a buddy of mine in the industry last night about this. There's a lot of people, guess what? They can't shoot a bow. Just they can't.
3: Due to physical
2: Uh, abilities. Well, just not even just uh, detriments or like you said, just abilities. They can't shoot a bow no matter what you do for them. So why would you deprive them of the opportunity to get out at the same time that we do of the people who do shoot bow vertical bows, since we have to classify everything? That's the other thing that drives me crazy. Vertical bows, crossbows, what it's bow. It's a bow. You have one shot at a certain distance. That's it. So yeah,
3: But but over the years we've extended that distance and extended that distance. Yeah. And I don't think anybody necessarily has a problem with you using that during general gun, but there are some people who believe that the archery season was designed to be a primitive weapon season, not just a type of weapon, but a primitive weapon season. Yeah. And we've got to the point where you can be shooting out 80 yards. Could you shoot a deer at 80 yards? Yes. Okay. Okay. But I'm a little different. That's cat. further than some people can shoot a shotgun. Well, for sure. And so, if you can shoot one at 80 yards, why can't they be shooting a shotgun during archery season?
1: Well, that's I understand what you mean. But if you're going to say if you're going to go back to traditional, <laughs> then uh, you got to take away cams and everything else like that uh, too, I, see, says, I mean, that's my biggest what's, thing. What's traditional? I mean, uh, traditional back in the day. I mean, that's that's the same argument that anti gunners have that they go back and they go. Well, what the what the founding fathers meant was we should all have muskets. No, you're supposed to have what's the best that you know that you can use. And so I'm with Jonathan on this one. If you think uh, there's older gentlemen out there who don't want to give up, they can't pull a bow back anymore. They want to be able to get out in the woods and have an opportunity um, then a crossbow is a legitimate thing to do it. Yeah. I think that yeah. their big I, I think what their big thing is is They push so hard to get them legalized during archery season and even during muzzleloader season. I know that some states, you can only use them during muzzleloader season. You can't even use them during regular archery, traditional archery. And, uh, you know, the purists are the ones who are screaming about that when it comes to it. But uh, I love it. I'll be honest with
3: you. I don't have a problem with them. I, Mm -hmm. I think they have extended... A particular season into a large group of people who were not able to participate. And a lot of those are our older and are younger people and yeah. people with physical disabilities that prevent them from being able to pull sure. and hold a bow back. Yeah, But, and, I mean,
1: uh, they're saying things like, uh, you know, even Pope and Young doesn't even, they refuse to accept animals that are taken by a crossbow into the record books, which to me doesn't no, make any I'm sense. I'm sure
3: there's a classification they could be in. It's just not going to be under the archery classification. Well,
2: and my thing is, me and you go at each other all the time about feeders. Just once in a while. Well, about feeders and all that. But I know you well enough to know you're not going to be a person who would tell me that hunting over feeders should be illegal. Oh, no. Well, that's my problem with crossbows. I know people right now in the archery industry who want to ban crossbows, would ban them tomorrow and that's the part of when i was saying when i I posted it on facebook about me wanting to rant about it that's the part that drives me crazy is we have all these opportunities because what have we talked about for years since i've been on the show is getting people involved in the woods and you're trying to take away something that could get more people involved in the woods so once again we're being our own worst enemy
1: i mean (laughs) well i mean if you look at the numbers uh i know that Ohio actually uh, did a did a little survey on it. According to this here, uh, they said back in 1981, before the full crossbow inclusion, the number was around 30 percent of the deer harvested were taken during archery season. That was a decade ago, and their harvest report uh, made up about 25 percent of the state's total deer take. Well, last year it was 45 percent, and it actually exceeded the gun harvest. And 61% of those animals were taken with a crossbow. Yet for the seventh consecutive season, overall license sales have declined in the state. They were all hoping that if they included crossbows, it would bring more hunters to the table. And I don't know that if it brought more hunters back to the table, it brought more people back the ability to get out and hunt than maybe had given up in the past. So in in that sense, they've held on to the same amount of numbers, um, but uh, it hasn't. Really skyrocketed the numbers like they thought it was going to, but that that's not on the equipment. That's yeah. on the I the can people. tell you
3: from from being in a state like Pennsylvania that allowed cross before Florida really got on board. Is it really did not change the success rate no. where we were at with the people we were that we knew, other than the fact that I had people like my my nephew who were successful. Because they actually could participate where he was too young to hold back a bow that had enough poundage yeah. to be able to legally harvest a deer. Yep. And so, yes, we had a deer taken or two that would not have been taken if it was long, you know, traditional, you know, upright bow or whatever you call it in the industry. Um, but, it, you know. Yeah.
1: I think it helps. And uh, let's see. Uh, Colby, what's Colby? the thing? Colby, what do you think about crossbows, man?
4: Well, you know, my only thing with crossbows, I don't have a problem with anybody hunting with whatever they want to hunt with.
1: Just get out and get
4: get going and go hunting. But my thing is, is there's too many people that don't realize that a compound is just as effective. I, I've seen a lot of guys put down compound bows in favor of a crossbow because... Crossbows have this mythical ability to, uh, to kill exactly. a hundred yards so much faster, hit so much harder, and they're just that much more effective, and I call baloney
1: on that. Yeah, well, Toby, you know, you've been out in the woods long enough. I mean, uh, I think that uh, just like anything else, most of, a lot of guys that I know that used to be gun hunters, they went back to archery because it was well, a quieter, simpler time, and, and, and they could This and they is could somebody that
2: could back me up because, Toby, you worked at my shop before when Mr. Davis had it. And right. I mean, Barnett, let's, we can go down the line, but I mean, you, we've had this conversation before the kids and the other people who can't do what we can do with a bow. To me, I've seen it time and time again, where you get them out there with my daughter. I mean, for God's sakes, took her first deer this year. You get them out there and you get that taste for it for them. And then when they can get to a bow, they will Gladly start shooting a vertical bow. Well,
4: that's that's what I would like to see a lot of shop owners try to do is wean them off of the crossbows. Yeah, you know, you get a lot of guys that come in uh, and they'll say, "Well, I can't get a compound bow because I don't have time to practice or I don't have," you know. The the technology that's available today in the compound bows, it takes a minimum of practice. I mean, let's be honest. Yes, sir. No, there's not that big of a of an advantage to a crossbow, and I just I would like to see more archers have that realization. Yeah. And uh, as far as it impacting the harvest or what, you know, ten percent of your hunters are going to kill ninety percent of the deer. I don't care what weapons in their hand. <laughs> you know, it it comes down to hunting, not not what they're killing them with.
3: Yeah. Give them a season and they're going Especially to Especially yeah. what I've been seeing you post, big boy.
4: <laughs> Not lately. I've been tagged out for about six weeks now. There, that's, what I'm, <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm chasing squirrels and pigs now. and yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go back a couple of segments or nothing, but uh, if he'd add a little bit of, of jalapenos to that beef broth he's stewing them squirrels in, yeah. Oh, Bill, be a better man for
1: it.
3: I guarantee you. Yeah, I agree. That was pretty bland. If you you, asked you me. need to get you need to give a pressure cooker version of your book.
1: No, <laughs> 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 pressure cookers That's that, for beans.
3: That, that was nice. Oh, pressure babe. cookers
1: are for beans and such. Right. I
4: still uh, mine this, I mine, uh, old school. I just quarter them up. Oh man, they were. Some good vegetables and little There you go. Sauce.
1: There you go. See, he don't mind a bone or two. It's all good. Yep. Right, wow, Toby? Man, I,
4: was, I was raised up eating around the bones, whether it's chickens, squirrels, rabbits, fish, name
1: it. See, Diego, I'm not the strange one. Yep. All right, Toby, wow, we hey, got to take a break. A man. A we got to take a break, man. Thanks for calling this morning, man. We love you and miss you. I love you guys, too, man. We'll bye. see you soon. All right, bye. All right, we got to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by our good friends over at G5 Feed Outdoors. And our good buddies over at Brandon Ford. Number one. Stay with us. We'll be back. Well, that was fun. Where where is this listed? I couldn't find this one in there. This is Diego's special track. I guess he's got his own little file in there that i couldn't get into welcome back deleted it (laughs) i didn't delete nothing (laughs) welcome back everybody i didn't want to touch nothing it's big and wild outdoors brayden jonathan and bill in the studio today uh we were talking a little bit (laughs) (laughs) what the heck are are you doing my cords are all tangled up uh what were we talking about i can't remember now Crossbows. crossbows oh yeah crossbows and uh during the break we were talking about and I've seen this a lot with a lot of people, as I, I pointed out, guys who started out rifle hunting, they've kind of digressed. Uh, I know that they went through the whole thing where started out with a rifle. It wasn't challenging enough anymore, so they went to a uh, crossbow, and then after a while with a crossbow, they went to a compound, and then after a compound, they went back to a recurve. It's almost like yeah they they go backwards and then well, that uh, was it.
2: I was telling Bill uh Carvin Express crossbows. The One of the lead designers came in the shop, and I got time ch- chance to spend some time with him. And he's from up in Bill's neck of the woods, and that was the biggest thing. When his son started, you know, all the traditional guys just busted his chops, you know. I mean, about, oh, well, he's shooting a crossbow. That's not bow hunting. That's not bow hunting. And he said, just like what you were saying, he progressed from a crossbow to where, like Toby was saying, when he got to where he could proficiently use a compound, he started using a compound. Well, when a compound became less challenging, basically, he started going traditional. I mean, Jumped and Jumped on a
1: recurve or a longbow, sure.
2: You know, and that's like what we were talking about when you walked in. You guys pistol hunt, have pistol hunted a lot. I've got a forty four at the house that I've rigged up to pistol hunt with. And you that's one go. of the things that I'm going to try to start doing is to pistol hunt a little bit more... Just because, you know, it's there's not...
1: something uh, I don't know. Uh, Bill George, you you do it. I mean, you hunt with a single shot. You you know, yours yours is the TC right? You're Correct. Seven millimeter. Oh, oh, we're eight? TCs well, too. Baby. It's an
3: encore. Yeah,
1: yeah. encore. Seven yeah. millimeter. No, oh, eight. A...
2: We're TC rifles, not the pistols.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got the uh, I got the Casul. Uh, I got the the big Ruger, uh, the nine and a half incher uh, for that one. I got rid of the seven and a half. That was a good one. I I love it because. You put it in a tanker's rig in the front, and, you know, your arms are free. You don't have to worry about your rifle slipping off the back. You can move through the woods a lot easier, and you can uh, get up in a tree a lot easier, or you can, you know, and you can just sit there with your hands. uh, You know, you can whittle and do whatever, and while you're sitting there waiting, and then when something comes out, you just slip that bad boy out of your chest, but boom, and it's a done deal. I Um, have
3: a Ruger 44 and nine and a half inch barrel that I started with and then I I've been using the single shot 7mm08 but the big difference between the two for me besides one being a six shooter and the other being a single shot is with the 7mm08 if I see a deer across the pond and he's a 100, 150 yards out I can shoot him. Well,
1: I could take th- <laughs> I could take that shot with my Casool as well. So I mean, I, I'm not I'm not afraid to to shoot 100 yards with with that 454 for sure, but uh 44 mag yeah that would be stretching what, a little bit what's your
2: feelings on, i was since the 44 is what i've got what's your opinion 100 and in
1: uh depends on the load depends yeah. on the ammo that you're going to use 200, I
2: 240
1: what? grain I, if i was going to shoot 100 yards i'd drop it down you, and see if i get like a 165 somewhere around there and so you get a little flatter shooter. What do you here.
3: think your drop is? That's it, yeah, because that's going to be a hell. Of your a drop. yardage between ninety and hundred is going to be a big that's, difference. That's it's falling out of the sky. The, the at place that, point. that I, one of the places that I shot, I
2: sighted it in at fifty, um, and I'm shooting off of a bench, like you know, kind of like what your setup was. I was shooting off of a bench, but that bench could,
1: ain't going to be there in the woods, bro. <laughs> well i'm gonna have that's, that's the thing
2: no i mean i'm gonna have a shooting rest when you got some the woods. sticks
1: at least i mean that and, helps her put it up against a tree or you uh,
2: know. but i backed up i backed up at 100 yards it kind of spread it was i was yeah, spraying them big at 75 i could still hold a baseball so, three inch
1: two inch group yeah. so that's not bad well i don't know yeah I leave, I even like 165 grain even in my rifle because it's a flatter shooter in the 44 and the carbine. That's what I whacked that that big old pig with uh, last time we were out. Dropped it like a well,
2: most of the stands I've got set up up there, the even <laughs> even on the pro even for my stands for my outfit and for my clients. Seventy-five yards is going to be about as far as you're going to shoot, anyways. You
1: can shoot a forty-four mag, hundred uh, seventy-five yards, a hundred yards. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty easy. But you're just going to have to play them, with some you ammo. Just need
3: to know what your ammo is doing. In, I wouldn't be at, shooting a three hundred grain
1: Hornady out of that bad boy. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean it. Uh, it's great at fifty yards, but uh, at a hundred yards, it's it's a meteor falling out of the sky. I mean, you don't realize that arc once you hit that arc, and once it's it's just. Whoosh, <laughs> it's straight towards the ground, man. But uh, does it have? Do you have a scope on it, or are you can just use open sight? Red dot. Oh, you got a red dot on it. No. What kind?
2: Uh, true glow. Red.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. It doesn't red or green. Mean Excuse green. me. It can be green too. <laughs>
2: Excuse me. Red and green. Sorry. <laughs> Christmas.
1: The yeah. good thing about a forty four mag is you can put something like that on top of it and not worry about it. the recoil ripping it off yeah. or moving it in the rings or anything. With mine, oh my gosh! Well, I, mean, I tried the scope, I but I could it.
2: never get the, the arms. Just for some, I don't know what it was. I could never hold it just practice, right in practice. For somebody who shoots even, a bow,
3: you should be well. But I even at still, in that right distance,
1: Burris so. makes a really good two to seven that goes on a pistol. That's what I had on the seven and a half inch casul. and that that was an awesome scope on there. It's got a great view. Arm's length away, you know, you can see perfect. And At, at
3: two power, it's not so, so bad as far as trying to line it up. Because
1: you can hit anything from 20 or 10 yards all the way out to 40 yards with a two power and...
3: You can shoot a lot further than that at, at, with the two-power if you needed to. Yeah, yeah. and but,
1: with the seven, if you cranked it down, you better have it on some sticks or something. Cause otherwise, it's like, yeah. around, it's like moving around like like you're doing jumping jacks. Well, it's
3: uh, funny because I was being there sitting in a stand for a while with time to spend. This ain't that big. Why am I shaking so bad? Yeah, really? You <laughs> know, it was a rainy day on Sunday, a little drizzly off and on when I was out there. I was taking my cell phone and trying find the right distance to line up to get it. Oh, you sound like me on the spike scope.
1: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. You it, guys in your technology. It,
3: it, oh, I was just playing. I
1: yeah. didn't even, I didn't put a scope on the new one or the nine was, and a half inch. I, I didn't want one on there. I
3: was trying to think if I could take a picture with that alligator through the scope, you know, with the crosshairs on them. If that would be a better picture,
1: you know what I would I would like to have. I wish I don't know if anybody makes one. Yeah, that'd
3: be a great picture for. <laughs> all I could picture. Uh, FWC twenty two. I could it's like man. I could I could hit that sweet spot right there. It's straight Bing. under the stand.
1: Did you see that video? Of that guy shooting that crocodile with that bow. Snuck out behind it, hit it in the sweet spot. Literally just stoned it. I mean, this is like a sixteen foot crocodile. Mm-hmm. He hit it in that. And the man just Hit it boom, where it didn't even bet, and just like, get it. and that was it. It Good was night. over. It was all she wrote. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden, Jonathan, and Bill George in the studio. We're brought to you by G5 Feed. Not North of Brandonville. Welcome back, everybody. It is the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors.
2: I guess Bill had to go water some bushes.
1: Maybe. He might have forgot something in the car. I don't know. Oh, wait. Is that him? No. That's Steve. Oh, you know what? Steve came in. What was the story? He said some dude, do you know what happened? He got beat up by some hogs or something?
2: Uh, Well, I looked it up, and apparently uh, Giannis Thespidus that plays for the Mets, a guy that I know is a bow hunter and has property in South Florida, has a big ranch in South Florida. Apparently he was uh, in a little bit of an accident with a pig that they were trapping.
1: That's what he said. He said he uh, was like, trapped a bunch of them and got, went in there to go get one of them out or something like that and uh, ended up getting cut or something and uh, may not play this year or something like that. I don't. I don't know.
2: So, visited the ranch at various points and agreed to overall <laughs>
1: um,
2: okay, well, so yeah at one at one point, it says that the Mets were considering an attempt to void his contract uh with obviously with him doing this he owns i know he owns a property down there that he's gotten into hunting and all that, and he's got his own piece of property in South Florida, so yeah, that's. That's not well, bad. So it? wait, they they
1: can drop him over that because his what happened? I, he said he got hurt on the ankle or something, got cut or something. Yeah. Or, well, you go messing with them pigs, man! You know, professional yeah.
3: athletes. I mean, they have to turn around and keep their bodies in shape for. Oh, uh,
2: okay. So here, it's I'm reading just perusing through the article real quick. Part of the problem was, is it uh, okay? Yeah. So it's <laughs> the ankle injury they kept things kinda quiet, but then they've kind of found now they found out the details of how he hurt his ankle. Uh, and that's where all this stuff happened. So That's
1: where it uh, that's yeah, part of the contract void type thing, uh I guess. You know. I will say that uh, Steve and I, you know, we did a few we did a few hunts out on the days back with some football players and we had some that tried to do some things while we were out there and
2: uh yeah it was a boar it says right here it says the boar was released uh from a trap on the ranch and either charged or otherwise startled Cespedes, causing him to step backwards onto a
3: hole and fracturing his ankle
1: yikes
3: oh so it wasn't actually the hog that hurt him he stepped on a hole <laughs> so
1: well, then that that could be uh maybe that's why he could uh, fight it a little harder and go, Well it wasn't really the pig that injured me. I, I just stepped in a hole. So uh They said they said that they were uh
2: the debate whether Cespedes sidestepping a boar while protecting his property qualifies as a risky activity oh, man. constituting a contractual violation. <laughs> Read the fine print. Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, those things really can can do that. I don't think a lot of people understand that. But, uh, you know, we had some players, and they thought it would be a good idea to climb up on some horses and go horseback riding. And other players, as well as Steve and uh, others, who were told in no such words by the head coach that if anything happens to my players, I will personally kill you. So it was like (laughs) uh, get off the horses. Don't go near the horses. Stay off the horses. Don't go touch the horses. Get away from the horses. Uh, You know.
2: Stay back away from anything that will poke you, prick you, bite you, or otherwise injure you in any
1: ways. We're this close to going to a Super Bowl. You don't need to get hurt doing something stupid. Get off the horse. So It's one of those things you gotta do. Uh, You know, I don't know. I don't, I've never heard of the guy before, but uh, apparently you knew him from somewhere, somehow, some way. Uh,
2: I've got a friend with a shop down south that he was a client of his oh. several, for several years. Oh, really? Yes.
1: Crossbow? Did he, is, is he destroying the, uh, the industry <laughs> by <laughs> buying a crossbow?
2: I, I think he uses everything from crossbows, guns, bows, whatever.
1: Well, I wanted to do this story. Glenn sent this one to me last week. He didn't get to it. But there was a guy uh, from Texas uh, who's had his uh, hunting and fishing and trapping privileges suspended in 48 states. So, obviously, he did something pretty bad. And uh, he's been sentenced to pay more than $53,000 in fines after pleading guilty to illegally, illegal hunting activities in Colorado. That's one of those states... West of the Mississippi that you don't go mess around in. No. I think New Mexico, where you go, uh, no Wyoming, Montana, and all that kind of places like that, they kind of take their wildlife violations a little more seriously than we do here in this state. They realize reason.
2: the value of their wildlife.
1: Yeah, this guy here, a he, 50-year-old, uh, so he should know better, uh, pleaded guilty to a felony charge of willful destruction of wildlife as well as 11 other misdemeanor charges. In connection with the illegal poaching at at least five uh of at least five elk from evergreen to and conifer uh, right under the noses in their backyards of local residents, so this gentleman here decided, uh you know, it doesn't mean nothing to me, so I'll go out there and do it and uh went out and decided to go shoot a bunch of elk so fifty three k is what they're going to slap on him, and then of course, why.
3: I mean, and, and I always laugh at that. You know, he, you lose their hunting rights in forty-eight states, and it's like, okay, what, what, what about the other two?
1: <laughs> well, it's not just that, but you know, you yeah, don't. But
3: well, who's the two states that are holdout? I,
1: I, I don't know. Maybe Hawaii and Alaska or something. I don't. I don't
3: I know. know. Maybe that's a trivia question for next week. Yeah. Do, well, do your homework. We'll find it out. Yeah, but that could be any. Question. Maybe it's
1: a state that they don't have reciprocal agreements with uh, yeah. when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's but that's if
3: forty-eight a, states can agree on losing your hunting rights license, you think that you could get the other two on board? <laughs>
1: maybe it's two other states that you really don't want to hunt in Louisiana. I just it, well, but <laughs> What's wrong with Louisiana? I do not I'm just saying. Rhode Island. Uh, you know, well,
2: but my thing is, and you've brought this point up several times. Look at what they did to him versus. I will not name other states, but what they would quote unquote charge you with for poaching and
3: trespassing oh gosh, it, and, you know. Uh, it, Pennsylvania turkeys a, uh considered a big game. You shoot one of those out of season, uh, it, it's either three or five years you lose your hunting license. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's not a joke. I for mean, a turkey? For a turkey. Seriously. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, that's good on you. That's considered a big game and Eastern in Eastern Turkey. In,
3: in Pennsylvania, Turkey is a big game.
2: I I'm sorry and that maybe I'm just weird. a little raw when it comes to this subject, but I think that people that poach and do stuff like that that they deserve a little jail time.
3: Well,
1: I, you know, I do too, some, but I, some I,
3: people I think don't agree with all the rules and regulations and I, I have two different classifications of people who poach. I have See that's people, what I was gonna get. I, I have I have people who I know who over the years have been sustenance hunters and yeah. when their freezer runs out they're gonna go get something to eat. And I look at that oh, particular yeah. person differently than I do looking at the 18, eighteen, twenty year old kid running that's around the with the the like trying to shoot a deer out the window. Um
2: the people to me see the thing is is the first one you're talking about. I wouldn't even put the connotation of poacher with that because well, they're not w- they're not wasting the animal well, My problem is is the people that go
3: out and shoot just to shoot, yeah shooting the turkey out in proximity to a feeder it's against the law it's poaching it mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you. but I'm just saying it. it and we can all sit there and say, "Well, I really don't agree with that." And it, but but it's when it's against the law, it's against the law. And um, you know, there's a lot of roadkill deer out there. If you need it, <laughs> clean our roadways <laughs> up. Um,
2: yeah, uh, uh, wait, well, we then, can't have I, this when it's been a okay care for a couple of days. It,
3: you laugh, but I say that's my, one of my economy gauges. When I've, things are good, there's a little few more on the road, and when yeah. things are a little tighter. The roadway's pretty clean. Yep.
1: Well, uh, speaking of uh, bad people doing bad things in the woods, if you go to our Facebook page, we have an update on there for uh, the two young gentlemen who were seen doing uh, bad things out in the woods with a, with a buck deer out there. If you've seen the video and you wanted an update to see what, what's going to happen to those guys, at least you know that <clears throat> there's probably going to be some charges coming out. that They're going to be filed on these guys. Uh, who went out there and did it. So they, they know who they are. Apparently one of the kids is the stepson of a chief of police up there. Who,
3: as soon as he was aware of it, picked up the phone and reported it. He
1: was the guy who sent the, 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 it, the video and everything. He did not everything. try to hide. He nope.
3: did, it, it, you know, sometimes tough love is the love that you got to give.
1: Yeah, and uh, these two kids are probably going to learn a really hard lesson when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I, I did find out that um, the bill, the law, that, or the presidential deal that President uh, Trump passed about animal cruelty does not pertain to wildlife, just domesticated animals. So uh, all the things that all these people thought was going to happen to these kids because of the new uh, new deal the president signed, uh, it's probably not going to happen. So it's going to be done on a local level. I'm sure there'll be lots of fines and probably uh, picking up dead animals on the side of the road. A little community service type thing. What do you think? Hmm.
3: Their penalty is going to be a much worse than anything that they're going to get from the government over oh. the years. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to be the social scarring.
1: All right. Well, we got to take a quick break. Gino, don't go anywhere. I know you're on the phone. I know you're there. So hang hold on. on. Stay with us. We're going to take a fast one, and we'll be right back. We're brought to you by G5 T Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Bill George in the studio, and Gino on the phone. Good morning, Gene. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Man? I'm good. I'm staying dry. I'm inside. Well,
0: it won't be for much longer. You're going to have to get out in your truck eventually.
1: <laughs> and
0: it's not—it's knocking on the door, buddy. I so, know. Uh, I hope at, a sombrero or something.
1: Looking at the AccuWeather window, it is getting more cloudy and uh, windier. So uh, by 10 o'clock, they say the rain should be here. So,
2: Darkening up just yeah. a little bit.
1: We'll see. What's going on with you, boy?
0: Nothing, man. I was just funny. Y'all were talking about roadkill. I was on I-65 from Louisville, Chicago last week. And there was all kinds of Buick gear and snow on the ground to pack them up in. And there was no takers.
2: Buick. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And I'm and making like a t-shirt. I
0: fat Kentucky girl, and not all Kentucky girls are country. So it was a no go in the back of the
1: Camry. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know G- that would be the perfect opportunity while you got a go no to, go traveling G- to front with family and friends and coming back and be able to pick I- up like four or five deer off the snow covered road. I don't, I don't think her sister would have appreciated it. Gino, <laughs> and,
3: I put one in the back of my wife's brand new Rav Four, brand spanking new. <laughs> so I had to run the air conditioner full blast getting home. Still so had that new mean, deer smell. No, it was
0: funny. Southern Indiana was covered up in snow. Northern Indiana was not a, not a bit. And it was 60 degrees by the time we got there. So maybe it wouldn't have been the best idea, but it, uh, no, nah, man, there was some, some nice, fresh venison on this, a lot of it. Yeah. And, uh, no takers. So maybe that is a mark of the economy.
3: And that—that's my economy gauge.
1: Yeah, that's true. That—that that actually would be a good indicator. Probably better boy, than I'll Nasdaq. Tell you,
3: what, you see those Indiana and
0: Kentucky and Ohio deer, man. They're like a different species than around here. <laughs> they eat oh, yeah. good.
1: Yeah, they're huge. They eat.
0: They well, you know, they got the cornfields and everything up there. Alfalfa. All but
2: they—they they have a whole lot harsher winter than these youngins do. down here.
1: Uh-huh. Well, you know,
0: I mean, maybe the harsher winter kills off the weak weak stock too. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So well, they don't wear anyway. t-shirts up there. They got uh, nice, uh, comfy sweaters on up there up north. They
0: got they got nice sweaters, and they got uh, you know they they got some bulging muscles inside of those sweaters.
1: Well, and I got to ask so. you this uh, on your drive up there: uh, Did you see a lot of them on the on the side of the road that weren't dead? I mean, were they still hanging out, or I you mean- know,
0: I did not see one hanging out, although I wasn't really looking. I get up there halfway, and they got, I don't know if you ever been through Indiana, but they got all these windmills, miles and miles and miles and miles of windmills up there. Giant, uh, I don't know, you know, one of those stupid things. You spend $100,000 worth of copper and carbon fiber to make $10 worth of electricity, but Obama makes you feel better about it. So,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. You're doing your you part. Know. Well, you know, one nuclear plant as big as my garage could outproduce these ten thousand windmills that kill birds and do a lot of harm to wildlife, but uh, and, yeah. now, and, now and they
2: look so pretty.
1: And then and now they're burying uh, the useless ones that don't know because they only have a limited lifespan. Yeah, and, and, and there's you know, no place to recycle them, so now they're burying them out around Casper, Wyoming. So they're uh, they've uh, become part of just another thing in the landfill somewhere.
0: Well, you know what? It, it makes some people feel good. It makes some other people just shake their heads. I just think I'm talking to three of them right now. (laughs) Hey,
2: dude, I love it. Every year when we go out to New Mexico and we hit 40 right there, just around Amarillo and all that, going into New Mexico, and you just see the stretch of what you're talking about. You have all this beautiful just postcard scenery, and then all of a sudden, windmill, 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 windmill. windmill. And they're hauling them out there as fast as they can put them up
0: yeah and somebody's getting a big tax break, and like I said, you know it's not you know it's not so much the windmill it's all the infrastructure and copper and everything else you got to yeah. put together to make this just to feel good you know what i mean it, it makes you feel good, and it probably wouldn't power it'd probably boil your coffee in the morning you know, you know? it's i mean it's just that's you know, about it
1: you know it's really funny you bring that up because uh, I don't know if you heard the story, but that guy who Uh, Shot five elk over there in uh, Colorado, ended up having to spend about $53,000 in fines for killing uh, five elk uh, improperly, let's put it that way. Whereas the people who put up windmills, they are exempt from uh, any fines or anything else for any raptors or any other protected species that are killed uh, from the windmills. Uh, Golden eagles, bald eagles... Uh, red tail hawks, any peregrine falcons, anything that's protected under the Federal Species Act, they're exempt from that, so they can kill as many of them as they want to.
0: Yeah, how about that big hair nut going up in downtown St. Pete right now, man?
1: Oh, <laughs> I saw that. Actually, I saw some story that they were having an issue with it, so I don't know what's what's going on with the hair nut.
0: I, I went against it myself, and it just kind of conflicts me that, Anybody that really knows anything about animal protection would know that was a horrible thing besides the fact it's in hurricanes and everything else. Well, I,
1: it yeah, well, I know a lot of people have questioned if uh, birds and we're going to get to go out there and see uh, pelicans all tangled up in it, uh, you know, and uh – the the artist assured them that the openings were big enough for the for the birds to fly through. So it should yeah, be I'm
0: sure they could fly through on a good day. You know, <laughs> You could probably put a 747 under the Skyway Bridge, but I wouldn't <laughs> want to do it every day, man. You know,
1: yeah.
3: The wind yeah. conditions need to be just right.
1: That's to be kind of perfect. Yeah. Well, just go throw
3: a bunch of bread out and see what happens.
1: <laughs> that's it what I like said. Grandma's laundry, man. That's, that's what I said. I said water it's a mud fence. I said when all those tourists get underneath that thing and start whipping french fries and, and Cheetos up in the air for the, uh, for the, uh, uh, for the seagulls, we'll see how many of uh, them make it through the hairnet. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah,
0: it'll be interesting. I, 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 just, I just don't understand how people, people that think they are pro-animal, and I mean, honors are as pro-animal as anybody in this world, man. They're pro-habitat. They're pro-everything. And yet these these other people, they just they don't see the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, look at these beautiful windmills. Yeah, they're hacking up the golden eagles, so that's all right. No, they love the, the forest
2: until they want to build a house and they cut all the trees down. They, they, they're they're sponsored by Ginsu.
1: Is that what yeah, it is? Do,
0: do <laughs> as I say, not as I do, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, But a Ginsu is at least a useful tool that you can use. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Gino, thanks for the call, man. Stay always dry. I enjoy
0: the show, guys. I always enjoy it. people that... Pretty much same minded as me. There's darn few on the radio. Yeah, no. so. we don't we think, appreciate we it. We don't think
1: anything like you. We hate people who go out and catch fish and and, and kill deer. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Tuna comes in a can, man.
1: That's right. Tuna <laughs> is born and raised in a can. Let's see, a Jean. And it
0: comes off a plastic plate at the public.
1: That's right. It's grown on there.
0: So, all right, guys. You guys have a happy New Year. Man. You too. Back buddy. at you, bud. See
1: you, Jean. Stay dry. Yeah, I remember that was. Um, Hair. Wait a minute! I loved it. You got to
2: explain the hairnet to me. What in the Sam Hills? He t- don't tell me that they put up a bird deal to keep. It's
1: a piece of artwork that's going to go over the new pier, which is not really a pier. It's more of just a peninsula, a, a peninsula of land that's been made out there. But they spent millions of dollars on this piece of artwork from this woman, and it it's made of uh, like this glistening type string looking it looks like a spider web that you'd see blowing in the wind you know when you see a spider web out in the woods and yeah. it has that that's what it looks like but it's horizontal so that it's over the top of it so that as the wind blows, it it moves it and it glistens and it, you know, it's it's a moving sculpture Maybe type I'll rope keep thing. The birds away, but you know? obviously,
2: it's made of a rigid enough material that it's going to last. I take it.
1: <laughs> I guess it is. I don't know the which really means get, get, that get when it.
2: the birds fly into it, it's a. Uh,
1: I don't know what it's made out of. Okay. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I heard the the ropes were going up and that it was up and blowing and then. Uh, they said they were having some issues with it, and a lot of people raised up the the bird thing and everything else on that. And then and the artist assured everyone that there would be no birds trapped in it, so it'll all be good. Okay, you know, it's just, uh, it, and it looks like a hairnet. It literally looks like a hairnet blowing in the breeze. It's a perfect, perfect name for it. It's the hairnet.
2: Wow. Yeah, that's all I can say.
1: Wow. Hey, you never know. I think Gene's right. This is going to be really cool to watch the next time we get a hurricane off the (laughs) West Coast. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be one of those. No, no.
2: American Hawaiian shirt over here is probably just put something out there. So now I'm waiting to see the news from where somebody who listens to this show goes, hmm, (laughs) yeah, I'll take a supersized fry, please. (laughs) And (laughs) go see if we can catch some seagulls (laughs) in
1: this thing. It'll be awesome uh just before we get out of here let me remind you guys uh my buddy uh our buddy rick felita uh great call maker turkey call maker don't forget that the uh florida wild turkey extravaganza is going to be happening on february 1st from 9 a.m until 4 p.m at the true heart ranch up in webster florida i know uh toby benoit is going to try to make it there and Almost every well-known, great, ginormous turkey call, custom call maker in the state of Florida it's a big deal. is going to be there. And uh, admission is absolutely free. Parking is absolutely free. And if you want to get out there, I would suggest you bring a little bit of cash money. Uh, that way, because a lot of these vendors, all these craftsmen from all over the state of Florida
2: will have stock.
1: Are going to have stock. But just to run down some of the vendor lists that are going to be out there on February 1st, uh, Ed Mueller, uh, Mueller with uh, Indian River Leather. Uh, Rick Felita, Cypress Creek Turkey Calls. Scott Fletcher uh, with Osceola Game Calls. Pistol Creek Calls. T M Ranch Custom Calls. Red Hills Turkey Calls. Kevin Vaughn, Spring King Turkey Calls. Uh, Thomas James of Jameson Turkey Calls. Gary Graham of uh, Uncle Papa's Calls. Linford Custom Calls. Scott Ellis is going to be out there. Uh, Dixie Champion Steve Fowler uh, with Champion Custom Calls. Kevin Farr with Pecker Record Turkey Calls, Mark Hughes with Custom Beard Displays, Martin Owens, Strut No More Totes, and Brute Hoot local Locator Calls, uh, Jim Shelley, Persimmon Hill Calls, Ernie Edwards, Headbuster Calls, Jeffrey Erb, Trumpet Calls, uh, Roger Bivens, uh, going to be out there with his calls, Larry Stevens, Billy McAllister, Daniel Butler, Wildlife Artist, all those people, and there's still more to come. So I mean, it's going to be huge, and we're trying to get out there so we can broadcast live from out there. So we'd love to see you out there. That's going to be up in Webster Ford at the True Heart Ranch. You can go Google it and find it. It's not that far off the interstate, it's just south of Panasofki. But we're going to have a good time out there, February first from nine until four. Go check it out. Go look for it on Facebook. We'll see you guys next Saturday. This is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by G Five Feed Outdoors and Brandon Ford. See you see next you. Saturday.